I can do this. We believe in you. Each day brings hope. Every day, millions of people celebrate their recovery from addiction and mental illness while others begin their journey. Be a part of it. Share your strength, support, and hope. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's website, up to 50% of individuals with eating disorders abused alcohol or illicit drugs. That's a rate five times higher than the general population. Also, up to 35% of individuals who abused or were dependent on alcohol or other drugs have also had eating disorders, a rate 11 times greater than the general population. And the reason I'm telling you this is because September is National Recovery Month. Whether drugs or alcohol, this is a month that I really want to push. And there's a couple things that we want to do. Number one, if everybody could get purple lights and put them out front of your house, you know, whether it's your porch light, string lights, it doesn't matter. Just we want to light everything up purple. Also, on September 25th, we would love to have everybody wear a purple shirt to show their support for National Recovery Month. And for those of you living in Harford County, whatever you post about recovery, use the hashtag Harford and the number four recovery. That's hashtag Harford for recovery. Now, on this episode of Harford County Living, I sat down at the Harford County Health Department again, and I actually had the opportunity to speak with some individuals you know have gone through recovery and now they are helping people go through recovery these are called peer recovery specialists i have to applaud them because what they're going through and how they're helping other people it's just amazing and actually they're going to tell you a little bit too about you know we hear a lot of negative stuff about halfway houses but truth is halfway houses help people that need recovery so sit back and enjoy this episode of Harford County Living. This is the Harford County Living Show. Voted as Harford County's favorite local podcast, introducing you to local businesses, organizations, artists, musicians, and more. Harford County Living, there's no place like it. Here's your host, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living. We are sitting here today in the uh, Harford County Health Department with the peer recovery specialist, correct? Yes. Okay, I got it right. Uh, we have a table full again. I'm going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves first, and then we'll go ahead and have one of them tell us what they do. Go ahead, we'll start with you. My name is Sarah Morell. Sarah Burrell? Morell. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't she a singer? <laughs> I'm Steve Freeland. Sean Partain. Meg Kaiser. Stephanie DeBella. Stephanie DeBella. And Sean, you're the one that basically, I guess, well, not runs everything. But no. But we'll start with you. Tell us what it is that peer recovery specialists do. Peer recovery specialist is a person with long-term recovery from drugs and alcohol, sometimes mental health disorders as well. And we basically just use our experience to help individuals through you know, their recovery journey. 
before we start, you said there's something special that you do as well? So there's something special we each do. We all okay. have our separate roles. I primarily work with pregnant females who are um, looking to engage into treatment, usually struggling with um, substance use disorder. It's usually um, women that are you know, susceptible to not doing so well after they have their child or right. you know, while they're pregnant, um, kind of helping them offering case management. I have had some individuals with mental health diagnosis, but usually it's primarily substance use disorder. So a pregnant female would come into the health department and they would need treatment. And um, that process looks a little bit different than somebody who is just seeking treatment that isn't pregnant. Right. So I would go with a counselor, they would get assessed. Then I would start a paper, the paperwork to have consent signed, all the assessment, ASAM criteria sent down to the BHA, which is the Behavioral Health Administration. And then I would kind of guide them through that process. They would remain in IOP until a bed was available. And then there's few facilities in Maryland where they could go while pregnant, have OBGYN care, case management, and then also be able to deliver their child and have their child in that facility as well. Hmm. And then if they don't need that level of care, which is an inpatient level of care, they would stay in the county. I've had women go to halfway houses in this area and do treatment on an outpatient basis with the health department or other outpatients okay. in the area. And then I would just, you know, really just be a support for them by, you know, providing them you know, rides to meetings, connecting them with girls who've been through the similar experience. I've worked really closely with Rage Against Addiction, which is a local nonprofit in this area. Just talk um, about them, yeah. Yeah, who offer a program specifically after I had asked them called ABC, and they actually go and get care packages for these girls that are struggling, you know, whether that's financially or with their substance use disorder or housing. And then ACR, Addiction Connection Resources, also is a big one. They've helped with like funding individuals in the sober living facilities. And and they do this for all people in the county that are, right. you know, maybe in need for funding. But um, I personally love working with pregnant females, and, and they've been such a good help with me um, with navigating um, treatment for these girls or housing for these girls or just supplies for these women that are about to deliver and, and experience a whole new struggle in their life, not including their substance use disorder. Wow. So do you work with the ones we just had on here, healthy families? Perfect. Mm -hmm. So you work with them as well, yeah, that so, department? Yeah, so we actually just started um, a new facility called Megan's Place. Yes. Um, and I actually um, am stationed there part-time doing groups for women and children and women, um, pregnant females. Okay. And um, so they're stationed there as well now. And so that's kind of like a day program for women to come in and feel safe and get services that they need, um, you know, really do like a wraparound. And Megan's place is the one in Edgewood, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we did the last. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. A, I, that's a nice facility. It's an, it is really nice. very nice. I like that there. Yeah. Now, how long have you been doing this? How long have I been doing pregnant females specifically? Well, with the health department, yes. So I've been in the health department since November of 2016. I started okay. working with individuals in the hospital through a grant, um, and then that's when I started to see women delivering children substance use. Or substance exposed mm -hmm. and um, what was happening is I would go down and I would do you know peer recovery services with them but they then started a process with DSS at that time and with the case managers at the hospital and you know after they deliver they have these appointments with DSS and have to get enrolled in treatment and like nobody was really guiding them through that um, oh, process and I like felt like really strong about like 
trying to get them before they deliver, you know, right. trying to get them the services and the support before they deliver so that they have a better chance after they have the child. God. I was going to say, because without any guidance, I would, they would be lost. Yeah, and they have, like, a newborn child. Not only yeah. is a newborn child difficult to deal with, you have an exposed newborn who makes it a little bit more harder to console the child, um, which puts more stress on that woman. They probably don't have a lot of family support. Uh, you know, the partner might be also actively using, so might not even be in the picture. Right. And then you have DSS appointments and FIM hearings, which is family involvement meetings, and you have all these requirements you have to take care of. And these girls sometimes were, you know, having to walk through this by themselves. And that's if they even... Um, got their child, you know, to come home with them, and if they didn't, sometimes if they were um, they were exposed to a few different substances, they were transported down to, you know, Baltimore to the hospitals down there where they could treat this child, um, and you know, sometimes they wouldn't have transportation down there to right. see these children, so that they're then they're not bonding with that child also, and there's another you know obstacle they have to face and. Jeez. And hopefully, you know, they're able to, you know, go down there or get their child and really, like, start going through that process. But sometimes, like, women or anybody in general that are struggling with substance use disorders, like, they might be really far down. And, like, yeah. you know, they not, might not be able to put that drink or drug down in order to even take those steps. And so, for me, it's really important to walk with these women before that happens or you know even if I don't get in touch with them until they deliver you know yeah. just letting them know that like I've been there when I got sober my son was two years old and that you know it's possible that they can you know walk with they can have somebody that walks with them and understands like how it is and how right. it feels and and that I'm not judging them and that um, it shows that you you care about them yeah which is a big I mean that makes a big difference yeah and that it seems like a huge load, but if you take like one step at a time, it becomes so much easier. And next right. thing you know, like you're 10 steps ahead. Wow. Now I know why you put the tissues down this way. We're going to move on a minute here. We're going to get back to you in a minute. But now what is it that you do with the peer recovery as a peer recovery specialist? So my name is Megan Kaiser, and I work with. I know the place isn't named after you, right? No. Oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, you should have took credit and said yes. <laughs> I can't. I can't do So I, um, I work with the clients here specifically who are on both the district and the circuit drug courts. Okay. Um, so the district court in this county is um, oversaw by Judge Carey, and he, the court is the opiate recovery court. Um, and the new drug court in uh, circuit court is kind of um, a more overarching drug court, um, not specifically focused on opiates, and Judge Mahoney oversees that court. So, um, and I got involved with doing uh, the court and working as the peer for, for that kind of population because uh, when I got sober, um, <clears throat> in 2017, I was a client here, um, okay. and I was on the drug court. I was on Judge Carey's um, district court, his opiate recovery court, 
and um, I came here for services um, and engaged in treatment and was able to go to a 14-day inpatient treatment center and um, and from there to uh, to a recovery home and through that process I went through the recovery home which was a year-long home simultaneously with the district court um, which is basically like a 16 to 18 month process mm -hmm. um, and you completed in phases um, but I kind of just just like Sean you know guide the clients along and I'm able to use my experience as someone who's been through the court to say you know these are the requirements that you need to meet but what are the challenges that you're facing um, what are the barriers to treatment that you're experiencing um, and let's let's get you over these hurdles because um, you know with each of our populations there are unique challenges yeah. that we face certainly um, and so it's navigating the probation system navigating the court system um, and I think for myself also in in being able to speak for myself there were certainly a lot of anxieties that I had going through court um, and so my efforts are to kind of help to alleviate some of the anxieties that these people have and help them um, achieve more long-lasting success with their sobriety um, and, you know, with being a law-abiding citizen because right. for me, that's part of recovery, you know. So what exactly is the drug court? I, I, that's the first time I actually heard of that. So when a person, um, when a person who has substance use disorder is kind of at their bottom basically right. typically a lot of times people experience um, either incarceration or um, like legal problems due right. to their using and oftentimes um, the state's attorney's office will recognize that what happened with me is I got a letter from I believe it was the state's attorney's office they said your your case has been flagged for drug use um, and they gave me the contact information to a woman who worked here as a counselor and she was the counselor that worked alongside the drug court and I contacted her and was evaluated right after I got that letter and then the next week when I appeared in court I got this letter right before my court date when I appeared in court um, the lady who had evaluated me the counselor said she's appropriate for treatment and she needs treatment and the judge accepted me on the court um, and so basically it's it's an enhanced reporting and enhanced supervising form of probation but you also receive treatment in conjunction to the probation and to the court and so the idea is that if someone is receiving treatment um, and getting better and abiding by all of the stipulations and requirements of treatment and probation right that they can um, they can basically move through the system without having to experience any incarceration um, and then the long-term goal obviously being uh, you know <clears throat> engaging in, in the community again and and you know not reoffending and right. reducing recidivism increasing recovery um, all of these things you know so it, you know increasing long-term sobriety and, and, and reducing reoffending basically so I guess the biggest difference between drug court and say regular court is drug court's there to help you, um, which is key. I mean, that's that's good because, I mean, going through, well, going through it, of course, is not easy, 
you know, but if you have people out there that are trying to help you, you know, and especially with the, the justice system, that I God, that makes a big difference. And did you ever wonder in a million years while you were going through it that you would be helping other people? I mean, this I ultimately when I when I was going through the court system and and first entering opiate recovery court, I did not think that I was going to be able to maintain sobriety. Right. Um. To you know, I. I did not see, you know, my life turning around. Um, and, you know, in my wildest dreams, I would, th I would have thought, oh my gosh, well, I would love to do this. You know, Sean, Sean was actually one of my peers while I was at Klein here. Oh, really? Um, and okay. I, you know, I admired her so much, and she helped me in a, in a, <laughs> in a fantastic way. And, you know, this was, oh my gosh, over two and a half years ago now. And, um, and she, she really, I mean, her and, and some other people who worked here at the time who were in recovery, you know, I saw it and they had one, two, three years. I thought, you know, I, can do, I might be able to do this. And, um, you know, they gave me a little bit of hope. And I, I, I knew that I would have loved to do it. I, mm -hmm. didn't think, I didn't think it was a possibility for me. And as, as my sobriety and, and um, you know, just my, my life improved, you know, these opportunities came along and, and, you know, miraculously I had an opportunity to come on here and do what was done for me. That's great. God. Do I need to pay a season? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm Let's move on over. <laughs> God. Uh. Um. So I see individuals who are, come to the health, health department um, for help and or who are in their program here and I also go to the Hartford County Detention Center and I do groups and individual work with um, not only the individuals who are in their substance abuse dorms but also in their general population. How often do you go to the detention center? Every day. Every really? Yes, half a day every day. So you're there for half a day, five days out of the week. Yes. But you're, and you can see and improve how you're helping them. Yeah. Okay. Of, of course. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get into it? I actually, um, I went to after treatment. I went to a halfway house in the area, and I came. To the health department for um, their services and that's how I learned a little bit more about them right. um, and I guess you know I kept doing the right thing and I kept coming back here and um, I met Sean um, and Meg and the other wonderful people who are up there and luckily later down the line they considered me when they had some openings and so, how long have you been with them now um not very long it's been only a couple of months a couple of months yeah does everybody meet you sean uh, <laughs> <laughs> i like to talk a lot yeah. <laughs> 
so we just hired Stephanie, Steve, and Sarah, actually, because we just got some new grants for the public defender um, and probation office. And then we also got two grants recently for the detention center to station two peers there. So we're really excited to start that process. Oh, so this is the first time that you guys have done it in detention center. So we had a mail. So they have a substance use storm right. that's been there for about two years, the mail one, and the woman's just opened. So okay. we had a peer. We had Stephen Berge going there, and then before that, Brad Higgins, um, who was seeing individuals in the substance use storm. And okay. we saw the need. And, like, you know, every grant comes along, we see the need, and then they, you know, are willing to kind of offer some more services and so we hired on a female and a male peer in order to offer the individuals in general population and the substance use dorm um, some services with the right. peers because we saw you know men getting out of the um, dorm and coming into the health department or you know getting help with you know connecting to other treatment facilities in the county mm -hmm. and really like flourishing and not like reoffending and not going back into the prison system over and over and over as we often see like people that we used with people that we grew up with just continuing to go in and out of that system because no one's helping them kind of get out of it mm. would you what you're doing now my sister used to do years ago something similar to it um, really? when she was the executive director of the nonprofit around here called Open Doors Career Center, mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the most one of the things that she always looked forward to was going to the detention center and sitting in the groups and, and yeah. talking. She did that, and she worked a lot with pregnant teens as well. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, love it. So it's wow. Why do you do this to me? I know. I've, 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 but no, I, I love it because I love hearing, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, hearing the stories and everything. It's just, it's. I think it's amazing, you know. And and I gotta applaud you guys for doing what you do. And now we're going to come all the way around to <laughs> Sarah, right? Yes. Okay. Oh. I don't even know that because you know Shelly Sean just said that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I primarily work with individuals who are represented by the public defender's office. Okay. Um, and also um, working with people from probation and parole. Okay, and what? So, what is it that you actually do with them? Um, to provide peer support. Just peer support. Yeah, okay. Get them into different treatment centers or services that they might need along the way. Okay, and how long have you been here? Uh, a couple of months. So you're a couple of months as well. Yeah. All three of you are a couple of months. Okay. Yeah. Wow. See, I'm pointing like the camera can see us. <laughs> pointing at Steve. It's like, oh, okay. Now, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer. It's up to you. But how did how did you get into it? Um, well, I'm in long-term recovery myself. Okay. Um, and I came to Bel Air to get sober um, a little over two years ago and found that there's a strong recovery community so I landed in a halfway house and I was there for a while and um, just started meeting other people also in recovery, making connections. One of them was Sean, Sean. of course. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a position was opening up and I decided to go for it. Now, are you all from the area? I am. Have you seen recovery getting a lot better? I mean, I guess it's because it seems like years ago it was always a struggle to f 
for somebody to find recovery, to find the help. And you and you guys have been through this, and you uh, being here only a few months, I take it you have seen that it's getting a lot easier, and and the recovery has helped a lot. Yeah. Am I explaining this right, or asking it right quite the right way? I think I think what you're trying to say is is it is it easier to gain access to resources? And the answer to that question is yes. There, okay. The, there are more people in the community who are aware that there's an issue. Um, there are more services that are becoming available. There are, there are organizations for funding. There are nonprofit halfway houses that offer extended care treatment. Um, you know, there are positions like we hold and we can go out into the community and help people. Um, and so there are a lot of, there are a lot of intercepts there. Um, but as far as, as far as, is it any easier for an addict to recover? It's really not. And, oh, not yeah. And and you know the drugs, the drugs that are most prevalent right now, are so so uh, insidious and and so so lethal. Um, yeah. And it's it's really a challenge. Steve hey. or Steven, whichever you prefer. Okay, Steve. <laughs> All right, Sean. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now what is it? Now what is it that you actually do here? So what I do is similar to what Stephanie does. Okay. Um, I spend about half of every day in the detention center, uh, typically in the morning. Um, and you know, I go in there. I run groups with uh, gem pop guys, guys in their drug abuse unit, um, and then I do individual sessions. Um, and it's a lot of it is just meeting and talking about stuff they have going on on the outside or right. on their mind, but like just recently, um, actually this coming Sunday, uh, one of my guys I met in Gem Pop, who was planning on going back home to like Edgewood, um, mm-hmm. which he's done five or six times since he's been incarcerated, um, we got him into a, a halfway house here in Bel Air, um, you know, I started talking about this huge recovery community, and you know, before you know it, he was interested. Um, so doing stuff like that, and then working at Hartford Memorial Hospital uh, on Mondays, we bring a group in there. Oh. Me and uh, Stephanie do, um, and pretty much just making our resources available and um, talking to them. Kind of the same thing. They've had a lot of questions about halfway houses or pursuing like long-term treatment after that. Um, right. We do that kind of stuff, and then you know IOP clients. With them, I'll take them to a noon twelve-step meeting if they're interested, stuff like that. So you t- okay? So you're taking them to a twelve-step meeting? Yeah, um, oh, not every day, but I've had the opportunity where they said, you know, I, I want to go to meetings and get involved in that, but I'm right. scared around new groups of people. I don't like crowds, so I'll say, well, come with me. I mean, you know me. We'll sit in the back by the door. That's so good. We, you know. Now, have all of you been in a halfway house before? So we all have, but that's not a requirement, obviously. Okay. Uh, well, I'm. I need to ask you this question because this is, this is one of the things that irks me. I'm going to say about the public people out there. You know, they hear the term halfway house and they're like, "Oh, we don't want that in our neighborhood." They don't think of the good things that it does, which I think it does more good than bad. So you all you know, went through. So explain to these people that yes, halfway houses do work. Absolutely. So I got sober in 2013. Um, it was my first time going into an inpatient treatment facility. I was 22. I turned 23 when I was in inpatient. Um, 
and because of my sober living facility, because of my halfway house, mm-hmm. I was I went to a year long program in Harford County, and I feel like the only reason I was able to stay sober my first time, the only reason I was able to get a good strong foundation, was because I went through that program, um, and I think that it's most important because you think drug addict, you think. Um, person who's using drugs, people that are stealing, or mm-hmm. I was 22 years old with a two-year-old son, wow. someone's daughter, um, and like my son got his mom back, and my parents got their daughter back. That's great. So, so they do work, I, and that's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I get <laughs> I get upset at things like that because you know, people see that or um, oh help me out here the Super Eight Motel in Joppa. I think is getting um, was bought to become a recovery center, mm-hmm. and right away people think right away, oh no, well, we you know there's meth labs already up the road. No, this is a recovery center. There is a difference, correct? <laughs> well, you're not allowed to use in recovery right. centers. Right. I mean, it, but people, I don't know why people don't understand it. It's always better to help them out than to turn and look away. I mean, people are going to use drugs, and people are going to you know. Yeah. People are going to use drugs, so you can either offer them the help or you can turn a blind eye and the problem will increase. Or yeah. you can offer the help and people might have the chance to recover and then you might have people like giving back to the community as such as we do. Exactly, and I think that's key. I mean, it's it, it makes a big difference. If, you're, if I turn around and help somebody and I can make a difference, chances are you're going to turn around and help somebody. And then it's just, it's like a chain reaction. Paint it just forward. Keeps on yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shelly Sean, see you hit it right on the nail. Jeez. All right, there's a big thing coming up September 6th. Who wants to tell everybody about it? We talked about this last year, and I think it was All the right. coolest thing. So each year we, um, as a health firm, I get a grant that people are able to, like, I guess, I don't know, the technical things but basically we have nonprofits that apply for this grant and this year um, Rage Against Addiction was a lot of the money from the health department um, and so they get to plan a recovery event and um, historically the last few years it's been a crab feast which we are you know really excited about because we're Maryland <laughs> <laughs> So um, this year they're going to be hosting it September 6th, and it's at the Mount Zion Church. And, um, you know, they make it pretty affordable for people in recovery to be able to afford a ticket to go and, like, just celebrate, you know, recovery and, you know, people that – just showing people that recovery is possible and Mm -hmm. um, it's open to everybody. Um, there's other food if you don't like crabs. I've heard people say that, but I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. I think that this year they have speakers coming out as well. Um, Rage, Against, Rage Against Addiction does a lot of great work. Yes, so um, all the money that is brought in goes directly right back to their organization and helping people get access to treatment, get act- access to halfway housing. Um, they also do a children's program quarterly um, where my son actually goes and he's involved in that. Um, for people who have children that are struggling with their parents' use, um, they educate them and, and offer fun activities. Um, and then they also do the ABC program as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes this craft feast I guess you could say unique. There's no alcohol. 
no alcohol <laughs> whatsoever. And I think that's I think that is the best thing to do is a crab feast. Because once you hear crabs, what do people think of? Beer and crabs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have beer to go with it. No, you don't. And this, I mean, obviously it works. I mean, they did it last year, had a good, a big success with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know usually I'll drink a Mountain Dew or whatever now, or water with it, and I, th- I think it's a great idea. You can eat more crabs then. Because you're just eating crabs. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't eat that many anymore. I used to. I used to be able to put a dozen away easily. So I think wow. Last, last two times I ate crabs, I, I ate four crabs. That was about it. I can put a dozen away easily, yeah, just, if not more. Do I? I can put a dozen away easily, if not more. I love eating. Well, I, and most people can because, it, well, especially if you're not experienced, it takes you an hour to eat one crab. You know. Gotta eat them fast and quick. Uh, what? Gotta eat them fast. Uh, oh, you're an expert at it. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Don't t- you don't come from the Eastern Shore, do you? No, I'm originally from Prince George County. Okay, because I know some of these, we had uh, the latest crab feast for a young lady from the Eastern Shore. Oh my God! They got their own little knives and everything, <laughs> almost like an oyster shucking knife, and and they're like just done in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. No way, I'm not that quick. <laughs> no way, I, I enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to, if, for more information, if you go to www.rageagainstaddiction.org, they have uh, more information on their website. And the tickets, how much, does it say on there how much tickets are? They're $25 before, um, and then $30, that is cheap. $30 at the door. Yep. That's still cheap too. Oh, maybe 30 35 Either way, that's... That's yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, either way, that's cheap. You yeah, think you're most of your $30 crab... $30 online, $35 at the, um, the door. Most crab fees, you're going to pay, what, $50 usually? At least, yeah. They also have pit beef there, so again, if you don't like crabs... I love so, pit beef, because Maryland, so... <laughs> well, there you go, that's a Maryland thing, and September 6th. Yes. Yeah. Starting uh, at what time? Friday, September 6th, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., at Mount Zion Church, so it's 1643 Churchville Road, Bel Air, Maryland. And you're all going to be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be there, yeah. So, uh, well, if you're, I'm not coming. If you're going to be there, you're going to make fun of me because I can only eat four crabs. You're going to eat a couple of us. I'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will, too. Jeez. Anything else coming up after September? We have a few things going on, and um, not with the health department, but just it's recovery month. So right. actually the health department um, is sponsoring like a little thing we did last year as well. Um, it's like lighting, shining light on recovery. And so we hand out purple lights to the businesses on Main Street. And um, we just started that process today. We're really excited about it. So if you have a purple light, you know, put it in your front door or um, porch light and, you know, show the community that recovery is possible. We um, are partnering more with other like our local partners uh, to kind of put the word out about recovery month. So we have a lot, lots, lot of different events. Again, we're going to do the purple lights out on Main Street. Um, we have banners that we're hanging up at some of our partner, um, some of our partners' places. So they're going to be at the Town of Bel Air and, and the Armory. Um, we have the Sheriff's Office is a banner. We're going to have a banner. I mean, we're just going to go up and down give everybody lights. Uh, we have postcards that we made uh, this year. And, you know, the main thing is, you know, we're just trying to uh, light the way during the month of uh, September, kind of show people that the hope is, uh, there's hope and like recovery is possible. 
Uh, if you need help, like we're telling everyone, you know, the crisis centers, you know, the Klein, fa Klein Family Hartford Crisis Center. Right. You know, it's in, right here in Bel Air. Um, if you need help, you can call the, you know, that 1-800-NEXT-STEP number. Um, we also have a hashtag for this year. So hashtag Hartford for recovery. So we're encouraging everyone to kind of use that hashtag, kind of connect all of the events that we're doing and um, all the great stuff that we're doing in the month of September. It's the number four, right? Yep, Hartford and the number four. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got to cut that. Thanks, we gotta Ryan, cut you have to already spell out four. You know how long that <laughs> Got to cut down, cut down the number. So there's that. I know uh, the county government's also doing um, painting. So do you know the Painted Rocks of Maryland? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're doing um, getting rocks. They're painting them purple, having um, people design them. So they're putting that around um, Harford County. We also have on Wednesday, September 25th, wear purple for recovery. So we're asking everybody in Harford County to wear purple um, that day to kind of show your support too as well. And so what day is that? It's Wednesday, September oh, Wednesday, 25th. Okay. Yep. Probably been easier if you pulled it on a Friday. You know, that's what we said. That's what we said, but we refused to do it no, on Friday. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so we're just, um, yeah, so we're doing it kind of later in the month to, you know, so that we get all the information out, kind of let, to have people understand, you know, what is Recovery Month, and then right. hopefully we'll all come together on the 25th, and we're purple for recovery. And the purple lights, they can't buy from you guys, right? No, we hand them out. Oh, you hand them out. Oh, yeah, they give them out to the businesses on the main street. The businesses, but what about residents? You know, the regular ball for the front door. You guys no, don't have that. we kind of have them get those. <laughs> All right, I'll find a place and tell people where they can get them then. Everybody use uh, the hashtag Harford for recovery. With the, the number four. Session. With the number four. Harford Jeez. number four recovery. All right, so purple lights. You guys are going to do your individual stories, either written or audio, video, whatever. Yeah, I think that'd be um, nice because there's a few, there's five of us that are writing them, so I don't know if all of ours are gonna get pu published, yeah. so we can maybe audio those. I yeah, we can yeah. do that Either or, sure. either or. And, and I can do video or audio, it's whatever you guys and want. I, there's, no, there's no time frame with me, I can publish them every day, doesn't matter, okay. and push cool. it. Yeah. So the yeah. other thing is that, um, so if you're following our um, social media handles, the Harford County government, and the University of Maryland, the three of us are conquering, dividing. We're going to have posts every single day, social media posts um, for recovery month. So make sure you check out all of our um, social media pages and see what we're all sharing. And we have everybody's doing different content um, every day. So we're okay. flooding, flooding the social media world. Good, <laughs> good. Yeah, get the message out there. Works for me. Perfect. Right. <laughs> so get your purple lights, purple shirts on the. 25th? Yep, Wednesday, September 25th. Hashtag Harford, the number four recovery. <laughs> I want to thank you guys again. And again, what you guys do is awesome. It's great. And next year, I'd like to get you all on again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the progress and everything. Yeah, hopefully you'll have some more new faces. Mm -hmm. You know, We would hope so. Yeah. And they're always working on a lot of projects. They're doing awesome work. So we're very thankful for them. Yeah, and... Again, I'm gonna. I told somebody else, but when you guys do this stuff, God, whoever's good at writing up the article, send it to me. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's good news, and that's that's something I like to push. It. it They're all really good writers. <laughs> really? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went to school for linguistics. <laughs>
Sorry, for what? It. Linguistics. Oh, I thought you said linguini for a minute. <laughs> I'm thinking food, so for linguistics. Yeah. And Meg and Stephanie are also like errors. Oh, I wouldn't no. consider myself the best. <laughs> now, did you all go to college or just you? No, so I. Well, I. Stephanie. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, I have my bachelor's in psychology. Really? Yeah. From a, a while ago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I said I was going to go back for my master's and then, you know, things got in the way. <laughs> I um, I have my associate's degree in biology from um, Harvard Community College and then I was uh, a student at the University of Maryland College Park School of Public Health. Um, and my that's that's basically when I hit bottom, um, and I was academically dismissed from that school with 113 credits. Um, so I would really wow, love to. Wow. I would really love to go back and finish mm -hmm. my bachelor's degree. That's really something that I've been exploring yeah. lately. You will. You will finish it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm currently in school for biology at Hartford Community College. For what? Biology. Oh, for biology. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No school for no school for yeah. high school diploma. And you did, and you I went to UMBC. Um, I was studying linguistics. My major was focusing on Arabic. Really? Yeah. Wow. Took wow. Five semesters of Arabic. You do, you know what, Doctor Moore? You do this purposely, don't you? I, I can't remember most of it. Oh, so every time I come here and talk and just find out everybody's backgrounds, I'm just blown away. I'm serious. It's just you. Yeah, when everybody tells you what they went to school for, it's just I, I don't know. Um, what? No, it's great. I'm glad you asked them kind of the degree because that's been our thing lately. You've been asking for yeah. the background, so. I feel like an idiot. We got a degree in Marines. Jeez. Thanks again, guys. And <laughs> God, hashtag Harford for Recovery. And it's National Recovery Month, September. We're going to push this all the way through. We want to get all of Harford County residents and businesses with purple lights. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Harford County Living. You can actually go to HartfordCountyLiving.com and click on podcast. And from there, click on the episode and you, there are links to our guests and our sponsors. And I encourage you to please, please visit them. Again, that's HartfordCountyLiving.com and click on podcast. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast from there as well. You also see a banner there that says, buy me a coffee. And if you click on that, you can make a contribution to the Harford County Living Show so we can keep this going. You can do either monthly or you can do a one-time fee. And what we're going to do at the end of each episode is mention all of those that have contributed so far. And so far, the ones that have made a contribution through Buy Me a Coffee are Robin Burke, Law Garrity, and you've heard him on the show several times, Carol Garrity, Rhonda Herb, who was actually listening up in canada kathy cindy skilton natalie forrest someone that's anonymous of course now grisada baker and we have a monthly supporter recreating wellness